Hey guys, I'm a dummy. Uh, hey, I'm Riley Blanton, and uh, we just posted a awesome brand new survey for the uh, Star Wars Report podcast. We're trying to make the show better for you guys. It's super easy. Ten questions. StarWarsReport.com slash survey. The link actually works now because I was an idiot and posted the wrong one before. But hey, go to StarWarsReport.com slash survey. That directs you right to an easy ten question Google form. And we do appreciate your feedback and your support of the Star Wars Report podcast. This week's right. episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on Patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. And we're back, guys. It is the Star Wars Report counting down. Holy cow, like uh, a little over three weeks till the rise of Skywalker. Uh, the countdown continues, ladies and gentlemen. Um, everybody's going on Good Morning America. That's, that's the phase of the marketing that we're in. Uh, let's bring him in. Uh, it's Mr. Justin Robert Young. Uh, you, hey. You've, you've been a part of this before. You don't really need much introduction, but uh, well, welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure to be here. Whenever you call, I am there in a hurry. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a... Uh, listen, the first time that you came on... Uh, it was it was you know the lead up to the Force Awakens. We didn't know what to expect, and uh, and yet here we are. All this time later, it's they've put out a couple movies here and there, a uh-huh. TV show or two, launched an entire streaming service, okay. revamped yeah. their entire publishing empire. But like I said, like I said at the top of the show, we've got you know we're at that phase of Star Wars marketing where Daisy Ridley is. Said a long time ago in a galaxy far, far. Rapping awkwardly on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's so funny because uh, uh, obviously extraordinarily talented, and and she's been a huge part of this trilogy. But she doesn't really have a lot of other work beyond the Star Wars stuff that puts her at least in these kinds of uh, a position. So it does just feel like she's this, you know, Haley's comet that just kind of comes along just every comes every along. three years. Unlike uh, the natural John Boyega, who ups on Good Morning American, is confessing to someone lost a script, oh, wow. and the script ended up on eBay, and that was him. So uh, that's, yeah. that is the phase we're in, and we—that's what we do here on, on on the Star Wars Tonight Project. We're counting down. We're following all the nitty gritty, just kind of basically twiddling our thumbs to pass the time uh, yeah. as all of the awkwardness happens. But today, we're here to zoom out. We're here. <laughs> have Justin Robert Young's address to the Star Wars Nation, the state of Star Wars, and now presenting Mr. Justin Robert Young. 
Riley, what are you doing to me? <laughs> like you know, like this is not the uh, this is not the venue that I like to air my unfiltered Star Wars opinions. <laughs> well, this is where all of the uh, all of my other Star Wars friends we're all just obnoxiously optimistic. We love all this stuff. Listen, I'm the kid of the prequels. It was like, I, yes. listen, I literally have Revenge of the Sith streaming on Disney Plus off to the side while I podcast. So you can you listen, you can assess with a certain generational cynicism. Um, no, I, I, I don't want to though. I, I look. Here's something that I have I have come to realize in our our multi streaming service. Every single possible fandom has been rebooted and realized mm-hmm. and prequelized and dissected and spun off. I'm not here to yuck on anyone's yum. Like I don't want to. I don't want to come in here and like. I mean, we can have a, a good conversation amongst fans on certain favorites, right? Sure, sure. But beyond that, man, look, it's fine. <laughs> I I think it's I think it's it, it's good. And by the way, I'm a little bit more optimistic about uh, uh, Star Wars now than maybe I would have been two years ago. Okay. Oh, it, it, walk us through that process, um, because last time, well, we really we talked to you leading up to Rogue One a little bit, but not every, we've had like so much. We've had Last Jedi and Solo, yeah. And now we're leading up to Rise of Skywalker, but also is kind of coming on the context of all the the current, like as much as they're trying, as this is the push, you know, to get the word out and get the hype up for Rise of Skywalker. The internet doesn't seem to care. All they care about is Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. That's the craziest thing, right? Is that this gigantic multi-million dollar franchise, this billion dollar franchise uh, uh, that they're trotting out all their glittery stars for are all going to get Baby Yoda questions. (laughs) (laughs) It's already happening. (laughs) Yeah, for a project that they're not involved in. Uh, And here's why I I am optimistic. I have enjoyed this trilogy. I liked Force Awakens, although I think that some of the criticisms that it's a little copy and paste of Episode Four are accurate. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed The Last Jedi, uh, mostly because I enjoyed watching some of these characters get uh, uh, kind of transmogrified a bit. Uh, there were things that I thought were maybe a little uh, a fatty. I mean, ultimately, I, I don't know if ryan johnson's sensibility as an auteur is best fostered in a gigantic assembly line mm. kind of uh, uh, system that star wars has to be yeah um, i was not a fan of solo or rogue one i guess i would probably gun to my head i would i would say i like solo just a, a tad bit more but ultimately i think our biggest problem here is and i don't want to say kathleen kennedy out and out but somewhere in the leadership because you can't have so many directors get hired and fired Hmm. so many projects get announced and then fall off the map so many directors or a a pair of directors get fired on set and then go on to make the highest grossing animated movie of all time as their next project like without at some point scratching your head and saying is everything okay is everything good and then wondering if part of the reason why some of these movies have not been exactly what they could be are because of that leadership. And so it it seems that obviously with the streaming service becoming a bigger issue or a, big, a bigger part of it, you have 
Kevin Feige from Marvel coming in, yep. uh, shepherding something going forward. I don't know whether it is a, a necessity to that Colleen or Kathleen Kennedy is no longer around, but it seems that there is a bit of a diversity in the leadership, and that makes me happy. This episode of the Star Wars Report podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get yourself a free Star Wars audiobook at audibletrial.com slash Report. They have a vast selection of Star Wars audiobooks available, including Resistance Reborn. So you can get yourself a free, that's right, free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash Report. Use their iOS, Android, Kindle, Alexis-able devices. All of them use Audible. All of them sync across your devices and even your Kindle if you want to pick up the digital version of the book you're reading. AudibleTrial.com slash Star Wars Report. It is kind of interesting how we've, we've we've quite literally had a buffet of Star Wars films. And I often hear, like you, Justin, or friends of mine who, who don't like The Last Jedi at all, but love Solo and Rogue One. Or, you know, but it's it's sort of like a this this pick and choose buffet that, depending on your sensibility, um, people are a big fan of but that sort of morphed into a narrative of like ah, star wars doesn't know what it's doing and i don't know that that's an entirely fair criticism just because i i it, we are in this era of hyper scrutiny to where every element you can read into and and i think some of it's fair and maybe some of it's not fair but do leading specifically up to the rise of skywalker yeah what was with was JJ Abrams coming back um do you think this is a measure to go for the safe bet well you know uh, again we we come back to the idea that this was Colin Trevorrow's movie yeah and mm-hmm. Colin Trevorrow was hired a billion years ago and then Colin Trevorrow was fired a billion years ago and yeah. then you know they they bring in uh, uh after last jedi they bring in JJ uh Look, if there is a large scale criticism that I would have on this trilogy and I will wait until I see uh, Rise of Skywalker to confirm it, it is that every movie kind of in the series felt like it was soft rebooting the movie previous. Like Hmm. Last Jedi felt like there were and this is some of the moments that some people hated was like, okay, well, there's this big question of who's Ray and who's her parents and Last Jedi goes out of its way to say nobody, right? That yeah. that's the point. We're going to uh, I'm 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 going to open this this glittery mystery box before uh, uh before you're supposed to to reveal that literally nothing's inside. Now let's go on our adventure, which I liked cuz I don't like mystery boxes. Mm. <laughs> I think that it can be a very annoying uh a uh, 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 Let's just say, in my fandom, I've gotten to the end of stories with big mysteries that I don't know if it's really to the DNA of why I like the story in particular, and I was disappointed more than I thought that, oh my god, this makes everything make sense. Yeah. Well, and it, it's an interesting... It's it's almost a crutch sometimes, because the the mystery box or the, the Maltese Falcon, it, you know... Uh, that's never the that's never what makes a movie great. The Ark of the Covenant oh. is not what made Indiana Jones great. The Maltese Falcon, the you know, device, the reveal is not what made, you know, those Hitchcock films great. It was the sort of journey along the way. Yeah, I mean like like would we feel better in the end of uh, uh Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade 
if we found out that the reason Indiana Jones was able to survive all of his trials was because he indeed was descended from Jesus. No, (laughs) wouldn't. Like, that was just a thing he was going after, and we enjoy our heroes to be heroic and have their heroism come from within themselves. Yeah. Well, and and I think about some examples of the original trilogy, because that really is what they're they're trying they're and and this is of course the talking point we're seeing in all these interviews is that this is wrapping up nine films this is wrapping up nine films this is the Skywalker saga like I don't know how many that's times I've that, already that, heard them that talking about thing it. Just kind of gives me pause. Mm. <laughs> oh come just, on man, give us a chance. Give I'm, us a chance. I'm, look, I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. I will say I was not a gigantic fan of the of the the Emperor laugh thing, and who mm. knows where they're gonna go with it. Yeah, right. Um, but. It, it, it just again, it felt like a reboot button of like, oh wait, um, uh, people thought that uh, uh, Force Awakens was too cookie cutter. Well, let's really take this left turn and let's totally uh, throw a brick through the idea of uh, a Skywalker lineage is the thing that matters and everyone's got to be related to everybody. And I know we have this kind of stand-in emperor. We're gonna cut him in half, like thirty minutes <laughs> of the movie. It's gonna be awesome. Like, and then be like, oh no, you really don't like that? Okay. Well, now it's going to be very about the Skywalkers. In fact, Skywalker's going to be in the title. <laughs> and, uh, uh, oh, geez, we did cut that guy in half. Well, we'll bring back the old Emperor. Or we could like, have or we could have robot. Uh, we could have robot Snoke like we have robot Maul. And then we'll fix everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it, that is my cynical mm. kind of reaction to it. I've enjoyed all the movies, so yeah. I will uh, – all the main – movies and by that i mean force awakens and last jedi so hmm. i will i will give it a, a a fair and honest chance but i i do man you know i had this moment when i watched the trailer and it hmm. looked like star wars stuff yeah there's lightsabers it's a big hit that that trailer like pretty much universally praised by people even on, on pretty much any side of some of the favorite or least favorite films that have come out but this is the third movie with these characters mm-hmm. right yeah and and I know this is going to be an unfair comparison, but I think it will be illustrative. At the beginning of the Endgame trailer, mm. see what is that first? Do you remember that first yeah. image? Yeah, it's the the Tony Stark, like the monologue about you know his his message uh, to his loved one, which is kind of his almost message to the audience in a way. Tony Stark in space with the Iron Man helmet as he's giving his message in a bottle, right? Yeah. So immediately, like, so that was your read, is like, oh my God, this is a meta, not only is it Tony Stark talking to Pepper Potts, this is Robert Downey Jr. or the character of Iron Man and the creative team behind Marvel saying goodbye yeah. to this character. You think back further, Iron Man was the first movie in the Marvel that started everything. This all begins with Iron Man in a cave becoming Iron Man. Now Iron Man is in a space cave uh, of, of, you know, wondering whether or not he's ever going to be able to get out. Uh, uh, There is the idea that that Pepper Potts, like the human emotions that he really made, that that was the actual journey he was on throughout his crime fighting uh, uh, crusades. There's just so much subtext in there mm. that, see, you don't even have to watch the, the or hear have sound. In fact, you could probably just have one still frame mm. and immediately you can read a lot of backstory into it. And that's the only thing that I think has been sacrificed in this trilogy is because there has been this very 
stilted uh, uh, storytelling process. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything aside from the relationship of Ray and Kylo mm-hmm. that I particularly have hooks in that I really want to see paid off. Yeah. Yeah, it's it that's a that is really where the most uh conflict and story that has unfolded over time, the the a, a thread that has followed through the film so far is Ray and Kylo's relationship because we even we got an email last week on on the podcast talking about the um the international spot where C3PO is taking taking one last look at my friends and you know there's that you know there's that and he looks around the room and there's two of them are the people that C3PO has actually seen outside of 5 seconds from the previous meal cuz 3PO hasn't <laughs> been hanging out with any of these people and, yeah. and it was a good point in that I, I I like you I think and I think we're on the same page in that we're optimistic but that's not to say that there isn't an enormous challenge here to figure out how to if if you want to make this the capstone final film, you really do have to reach back into the original trilogy, and it's going to be extraordinarily extraordinarily hard to do that without Han Solo or Princess Leia. Now we know Leia will be in the film, but yeah. a lot of her this was really supposed to be a film where she was the centerpiece, and now it looks like you know there'll be like a few key moments that they're using from previous footage that will probably propel the story forward. But that it's good, that makes it a much more challenging way to connect it because I can totally see like the Colin Trevorrow version of this film where they were writing the script for Carrie Fisher that she could be the sort of centerpiece through which uh, the 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 closing of the story is tied back to the whole original trilogy. Yeah, and that is a, a thing that we just won't know. Yeah, uh, but also it's like based on what we've heard from behind the scenes on some of the other projects. I don't know exactly how sacred any script is. Yeah. I don't know how sacred any creative direction is. They seem to be up for debate while the movie is shooting. <laughs> so yeah. uh, uh, that that's that to me is like, all right, it doesn't matter how hard you want it if you're running a race, like mm. an Olympic race. Yeah. You know, it matters how much you've prepared. Mm. And that's the one thing. This might be a very good movie. I might walk out very, very, very thrilled. But I don't know if what has happened before has set me up for anything. Except, again, and to be totally honest, this is why the Emperor thing kind of annoyed me. Because I'm like, give me Kylo. This is the Kylo. (laughs) Kylo should be the centerpiece of this in the way that uh, 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 Snap purple shrek was in endgame <laughs> who i'm forgetting thanos thanos yeah yeah thanos uh, uh was in in endgame like where or infinity war more specifically where you watch infinity war and you're like oh wow like the protagonist of this story in terms of who starts us off whose motions kind of wrap everything around hmm. is thanos and to me if if we're only going on what i care the most about throughout hmm. these three movies it's kylo ren and it's not even close. Hmm. Well, I think you're in. I I think you might be in for a treat, just because. And I'm not. I've, I've not read any spoilers. That is one thing that that I've avoided this time around. But I I think that if nothing else, J.J. Abrams understands this. That that Star Wars is a Joseph Campbell style hero's journey. That's all about hope, and it's all about redemption. Like that's that is Return of the Jedi's theme. And when you're closing out the saga, that's the theme you're going to go with. And that's why 
I'm very much of the theory that redemption is going to definitely be a a centerpiece role. And if you were looking for a character to be redeemed and to go on a journey in this film, Kylo Ren is that character. Oh, I, there's just too great of an opportunity right there. I think. Yeah, um, we'll see. Mm. We'll see. we. Yeah, mm. yeah. I because I, I, I don't know if he can be fully redeemed. I yeah. think he's he's ultimately he's he's. His best case scenario is that Darth Vader, uh, uh, hey, psych, and then die kind of moment where, uh, mm, yeah, like after a, a moment of heroism. But uh, uh, I don't think that you can kill your father in cold blood. Yeah, <laughs> and, there is that. And then have everybody dap you up at the end. <laughs> there, there is that. Like, listen, there's one guy who understands that that'll be Hayden Christensen's Force Ghost when he explains, hey, so when I killed all the younglings, yeah, I could redeem in the very end, but it took a while. So we're just going to yep. go for for that. That's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> this is the Star Wars Report Podcast. Boring conversation anyway. Anyway, so yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. I'm excited. I will say this. I'm the most excited I've been leading up to a Star Wars movie. Um, and uh, hey, I want to take a second to, to say a big shout out and thank you to our sponsor for this week's episode. It's the Fan Dummies podcast running twice weekly. They are dropping episodes every Monday and Thursday, focusing on Marvel, DC, Star Trek, Star Wars, The Walking Dead, all of nerddom. They're covering it. Uh, new episodes on Supernatural, Dark Crystal, Stranger Things, and more. Uh, and if you cross the other star, star franchise, they have their series coming up called Preparing for Picard on the upcoming Picard series. And of course, they're covering everything Star Wars, including Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalkers. You can check out all the content they have available over at fandummies.com. That's fandummies.com. And we do thank Fandummies for supporting the Star Wars Report podcast. Uh, two quick pieces of feedback. Um, Justin, you caught up on Mandalorian? Oh hell yeah! I figured. I figured. Um, so we got an email from got an email from Wes. It says uh, hello, Mando maniacs. Did you notice that the heavy infantry in the Mandalorian was a t- was actually attempting to uh, take off the Mando's helmet? It seemed like he was testing our Mando's de- dedication to the quote, "This is the way." And it's been theorized that this uh, is an approach to like being the ma- a Mandalorian. In the same way that Qui-Gon kind of approached being a Jedi, in that our Mandalorian, he may not stick to the exact codes, he gives away to certain things, but it seems he, at the core he passed the test, and that's why everyone was willing to help him out at the end of Chapter 3. Food for thought. Uh, Justin, give me your reaction to Chapter 3, and specifically this idea of how much Mandalorian culture has come into the show already in a way that... I mean, I thought we were getting the lone gunslinger. I thought like we would, they would allude to the old Mandalorian culture, but no, we're seeing it right on screen. Yeah. And really it, it is the, the focal point of the plot in episode three, wherein, uh, you know, the, our, our, our main character, our, our protagonist has to decide whether or not the code of a bounty hunter is more important than the thing they're trying to protect, which is, you know, uh, finding, younglings and and bringing them in when nobody else wants them uh and and that is ultimately the the decision for him to go back and 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 get baby yoda uh uh, as for the the helmet thing you know i if there's a quibble i have with this show which i have enjoyed immensely it's that man it is short yeah that is true yeah uh and and that's one of those things where it's like 
you know, uh, uh, you really can understand the power of a B plot <laughs> if we were to know just a touch more about that uh, uh, that culture, what that little coven is. Because uh, at this point, you know, really all we know is that the leader of their uh, guild mm -hmm. just kind of sits in a room in the same position, like in an RPG. <laughs> you know? It is very much so. She's kind of there, and then, like, if you bring the required items, then she does the thing that happens. Like, she's just sort of like a blacksmith uh, who also uh, is, I guess, the leader. Yeah, no, that's true. But, but yeah, so I think that there are little things there, but um, I'm enjoying watching it unfold. Uh, 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 you know, minor, I would have minor uh, things about how the uh, that, that final action scene unfolded, but by and large... I love it. Yeah, it was great. Like as a you know, as as a guy who loved the Clone Wars, uh, most of the Clone Wars. Um, those are some of my favorite stuff. Was seeing Mandalorians in action with all the freaking jetpacks and you know, like the stuff that you you kind of imagine as a kid when you see Boba Fett. Um, and it's really cool to see that on on the screen. And it is interesting to see that element of culture that they're really infusing and alluding to a lot of elements of the culture without explaining it all. And I kind of I love that. I'm not gonna lie. That are like so. As you can see, the helmet represents since the the fall of the purge of this clan that uh, has forever since pledged to keep their helmets on because of the identity of this one guy. Of you know, they, there was none of that. It's just like yeah, we keep our helmets on. We're not telling you why. Um, you know, it just it just it just makes sense. Uh, Brian sent us an email. Um, say said, "Hey, I am a huge fan of Star Wars Report. Well, thanks, man. Um, got uh, got to get your hot thoughts ahead of Episode Nine. One of the most interesting things Star Wars Rebels interest to, in, introduced us to uh, was the idea of time travel in the form of the world between worlds. Could it explain Palpatine's return? Do you think this is a viable explanation for Episode Nine? Um, and could we uh, expect to include?" elements from rebels like Thrawn, Ahsoka, Ezra storylines. Well, uh, so I'm going to take a gander. This is a great case study. I'm guessing, Justin, you've not watched Star Wars Rebels. I have not. No. What is your reaction to a concept called the world between worlds and time travel when I say that? Uh, well, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing I know about or uh, I've heard about Star Wars and time travel comes from uh, the, and I know that they're they're kind of, I guess, villains in in Star Wars circles, but the the red letter media guys. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that that has been uh, Mike from that group. That was his big prediction based solely on a uh, a quote from JJ saying that he mm. uh, was was initially going against maybe doing something uh, that had never been done in Star Wars, but then decided, ah, screw it. We're going to do a thing that's never been done in Star Wars. Oh, God. Uh, See, now you're making a case for Brian, because I was about to go into like, well, it kind of worked in a sort of heady conceptual way in the cartoon where it was an element of the Force that we hadn't seen, but it was kind of trippy. It was very, it was very George Lucas-y. Honestly, it, in a good and bad way. I, I enjoyed those episodes. It was really cool to have... They, I mean, there was literally whole episodes kind of dedicated to Ezra's journey as a character as he became more in tune with the Force and how that played out. And he kind of glimpsed different elements of his past and future through this kind of Force vision that was portrayed in a, you know, a unique way. But it, 
space. It was kind of like time travel because there were elements that affected the plot. And so I was about to say, I don't think that works in a Star Wars saga movie. But now that you're saying that. Well, well that was that, that's not mine. <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is Red Letter Media. So that was their idea on, well, OK, how do you bring back the emperor? How yeah. do you tie all this stuff back into? Yeah. Uh, you know, and so th- that the only thing that I would say to that is like, man, would it be? Does that idea feel different after Endgame? Hmm, that's true. Well, and you think about, we've already seen this this dark ray in the teaser trailer, and I'm, I bet you anything that's that's some element of a force vision. Well, I mean, you would assume, right? Uh, I don't know. Again, it's like, it, it, it's one of those things where if I, like, if I had more of a sense of kind of what I wanted Ray to do, because mm-hmm. let me ask you this, Riley. What yeah. do you want Ray to do? Aside from, of course, save the day and be a hero, what do you want? What 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 are the journeys that are left for Ray? Yeah, that's a tough one because all the one that was that was set up by JJ was was sort of her past and her family, looking for my family. Um, yeah. and I I think that I'm very torn because I think it's tough to reveal anything about her past that will feel satisfying. And that, that I, I really think the most compelling story for Ray is her reaching out to and confronting Kylo. And I think there are elements where she could be more closely tied to Luke uh, and Leia as a result of that through the Force. And I think if, honestly, the most compelling story for Ray is picking up the mantle of the Jedi and of the Jedi's philosophy but not from luke from leia because leia's the one who is is at the has as jj has been talking about at these core pivotal moments that they literally built and shot scenes around and i think it's a much more compelling story to have leia be the one who can pass on the 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 jedi lineage to ray because it's leia's son who's fallen and it was it's Leia's husband who was murdered, and so that's where I think the conflict with um, Kylo Ren is most compelling. Is if if she's sort of carrying the torch for Leia, um, and honestly, I, and, and I always hate to be like super picky on these things, but I think the most compelling story that I can think of. I'm going to be open to whatever they're telling, but honestly, the idea of uh, Ray carrying Leia's torch and to some extent, being able to redeem Kylo Ren. That's the most compelling story, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know exactly how much I want to see Kylo (laughs) redeemed because, you know. Which is funny because I remember I'm on the record right after Force Awakens came out and saying, yeah, he's not redeemable. You can't redeem a character who just murdered Harrison Ford on his most iconic role, you know? I don't care how many hours of community service you served if you, you know, ran over a bus full of orphans, then, you know, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go, but I think for me, that's more of like a, a destination. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a, a like, okay, well, yeah, we want her to, restore the Jedi order and get them back to where they were in a corner office on in Coruscant. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, hmm. I don't know. We will see. We'll see. If there's, if there's a lot, I will say this. I can't wait to see how it plays out. 
I'm excited. It's there's a lot riding on it, but man, I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, uh, Mr. Justin Robert Young, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet and what you've been up to. Um, especially, I know you guys um, who listen to this. I'm sure people who listen to this would be interested in uh, weird things um, yeah. and after things. But yeah, tell people what you're up to online these days. Uh, so I primarily talk about politics these days. You can find me at politicspoliticspolitics.com, uh, and that is a podcast for which uh, you can download on any fine podcasting platform. And if you are into history, uh, I am launching a brand new history podcast next Tuesday, December 3rd. Uh, so if you're listening to this after then, then go ahead on any podcasting platform and look for Raise the Dead. That is a six-part history podcast that begins uh, this December that focuses on the 1960 election mm. and the lessons that you can learn from it, which would have made the 2016 election <laughs> a lot more understandable. As a uh, as a big political nerd, uh, I just finished the first episode that uh-huh. uh, that you what? previewed, and it, it was fantastic. I like I had no idea the layers of the of of history and intrigue that are within the Kennedy family that you explore. You do a great job. So if you're so if you're a political nerd like me, um, check it out. Uh, we'll actually we'll throw a link to the the show notes on the uh, episode, so you can look in your uh, podcatcher app and you can uh, catch that right here on the podcast. Hey. Uh, Email us, starwarsreport at gmail.com. Like Wes did, like Brian did. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. It's just at Star Wars Report. And, of course, any Star Wars podcasting platform, uh, we're we're available there. Well, any podcast. <laughs> Star Wars podcasting. But basically, anywhere you download them, uh, rate, review the show. We do appreciate you guys getting the word out, especially as we are in the hype season for the rise of Skywalker. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Riley Guy as well. Until next time, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. Woohoo! That's a show, sir. Ah. Oh my gosh. Now I'm now I'm feeling nervous about this movie. We're putting pressure on. <laughs> I know, if you want to watch, you should watch the what's it called the 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 uh, predictions Skywalker predictions. Some people have shot me that link. I haven't actually watched it. I've also like.